Hi, my name is Ed Kozell, and welcome to Conversations with Calistoga, a periodic set of podcasts covering events, topics, and people relevant to our community. I'm here with uh, Pat Hampton, uh, founder and publisher of the Calistoga Tribune. And today's, uh, uh, we decided to just look back on the, on the, the COVID-19 lockdown period. Today is uh, mid-May. We're on the verge of our town, our community opening up again. Not completely, but to, to any extent, we've been closed completely for two months. Yep. And, uh, and in many ways for even a bit longer than that. So, uh, Pat, welcome. It's good to see you again. It's always fun. Thank you. So when you look back, you know, what, what kind of reflections have you had in the depths when it was incredibly quiet in town and there were hardly anybody on the roads and, you know, that was maybe the first third or the first half of the lockdown period? Well, you know, it's been, it's been a curious time because when the first two or three weeks happened and everybody was locked down. And there was this feeling of um, not knowing what was going on. But it wasn't a bad feeling. It was just like, well, this is different. There was no traffic. There was some traffic, but it was minimal downtown, minimal sidewalk pedestrians. And sometimes it was like, this is kind of cool. You can park anywhere you want. There's no waiting in line. Fourth in line in the traffic stop. You can go anywhere down Valley. And then as the weeks wore on, you notice that more people were out walking their dogs. I'm going to see more skinny dogs in the next six months than I've seen in 16 years, I think. And then you started listening to conversations that people were having, and they were uneasy. We were kind of isolated in Napa County because we had so few cases and so few deaths. But then you watched, um, for me, it was watching uh, Governor Cuomo's news briefs and the extraordinary challenge that they had back east in some of the major cities that we weren't impacted by here with the deaths and the sicknesses, but we were with the shutdown and the loss of income for so many people and families. Right. I think we're going to see, I think we're going to deal a lot more introspect-wise with the future than we are the past because with the this changes that I think we're, that are going to come out of all of this are going to be um, life-altering and business altering more than not right and i and i want to get to that but I, before we we talk about the future let's keep on the past well let's stay on the past because i i remember weeks went by and there really truly were only two things open in town the hardware store and calmart and the bike shop in there uh, true true actually and the bike shop which was did a did a a perhaps quiet, but a continual business. Yes, because everybody was getting out on their bicycles and they yeah. needed them tuned up. Yeah. Now, we, we noticed a, a, I don't know, a massive uptick in the number of people walking and, and, and riding mm-hmm. and skateboarding and, and any form of, of mobility. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the number of families that were walking around, the number of families that we have never seen before walking as a family. And the time that people took to stand still and social distance, but talk to those people, whether they were from your neighborhood or some other neighborhood, was really heartening because we always talk about Calistoga as being a walkable town, but it really isn't. There's so many places you can't walk because of traffic 
or lack of sidewalks or even on Cedar Street where the sidewalks are so narrow you can't walk side by side, you have to walk behind each other. But it doesn't really lend itself to being a walkable community where you can stop and talk to neighbors a lot. But this, because of the lack of traffic and the shutdown, made that all possible. And people were talking with people, even in our experience, we walked around the corner and met a man who we stopped to talk with that we had never spoken with before because he had these trees out in front of his yard that we couldn't identify. And he said, no, these are wild cherries from Mexico. And now we're going to look for those wild cherries to come to fruition and go around and go, all right, now tell, let us taste what they taste like. Let us taste them and see what difference they are. And we'd spend 10, 15 minutes talking to him. We walked around the other corner, and there was a young girl who's four, skateboarding with her helmet on on, a, on her front porch. Uh, well, in front of her for, front porch with her mom holding her hand. Well, I'd never seen her before because I never walked that way. I just got in the car, came to work, came home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one was um, our neighbor who you've interviewed, Sonia Murphy, on Friday night, she has a little gathering in her front yard of three or four of us social distancing with our chairs, and we have a glass of wine, and at 7 o'clock she plays a recording of her husband, Lenny Murphy, the Irish tenor who passed away last summer, singing God Bless America, and she blasts it out on her little boom box. Neighbors across the street come out and stand on the porch. They're about the only ones. The rest of the neighbors either smile or stay inside, but we all get out there and for eight weeks, we've been doing it every Friday night at 7 o'clock. Um, so I think there's a lot more socializing going on that way on a real basic level, almost like an old village kind of mm-hmm. socializing that we've lost in the last um, half century. And it was quiet for the first week or so, but then we needed to socialize. Yes. We, you know, viscerally needed it. Oh, and not being able to shake hands or hug somebody right. or people that you've known for your 20, 30 years, and you meet up with them, and they back off. It's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and then, of course, I try to go, how close can I get? Can I get six feet? Can I get four? And before the physical barrier starts to widen again. Yeah. Uh, and that's been, that's been the strangest for me, the no contact, no hugs, no tapping on the shoulder. It, and the shutdown happened essentially overnight. Yeah. And, and it, it took a while to sort of internalized the shutdown because it was so sudden. Mm-hmm. I mean, the entire town just closed, like from one day to another day. So It was, it was uh, really confusing for a while because people took it in different depths of perception um, based on their own uh, trust of the media, of the government, of what they were hearing. There's so many conflicting information pieces on uh, TV and on radio and in print. Mm-hmm. Um, people wanted to do the right thing and they wanted to do it well, but in the very beginning, the confusion led it to like, well, what am I really supposed to be doing right now as opposed to what I really want to do? Right. But I think we all finally got on the same page about that. The thing that I remember thinking about just as early as last week, before the superintendents met to try and go into deep stage two, which they did yesterday, when I went around town and talked to some of the business owners and even some private people, there is still a great, great deal of worry about passing the contagion on to others inadvertently, either by non-symptomatic people, by carrying the disease germs with you from one place to another, 
our son and his wife came up to visit us for Mother's Day on uh, Sunday. They would not, for anything, get within six to eight feet of us. I go, are you, are you really going to do this? I don't get a Mother's Day hug. He goes, no, I don't want to make you sick. I said, we have no cases in Calistoga. We come from Sacramento. He said, there are lots of them there. Right. And that was that was extraordinary for me to have that much distance with someone that I love so much and have them so worried about making us sick. They sent a um, tag at, when they got home, a little email, and said, well, we're sorry. We feel guilty about having come and seen you because we didn't want to expose you to anything. So we'll be more relieved five to seven days from now when you don't have any symptoms. And that level of worry compared to what we're worrying about in Calistoga, which is so much dampened down because of our lack of cases, just, I think, um, illustrates the, the chasm between people who are taking it totally seriously as they should because of where they live and those of us who look around and say, but it's not that bad here. Except for economics, right? That's really tragic. Yes. Now, do you think the there was any difference in in the initial impact, or or maybe the societal impact be, between the Anglo communities and the Hispanic communities in Calistoga? I would only be guessing, but mm-hmm. because I haven't talked to either side specifically mm-hmm. about that, but I think there's one thing that we have a universal truth about, and that is. We all love our families. We all want to be healthy. We all want to go to work and support our communities Mm -hmm. across the board. So I don't think, um, I think if there was a difference, it would only be on either side who had the least amount of information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So moving to the economic impact, it's clearly been dramatic, Mm -hmm. especially for a town like Calistoga, which is so dependent on the the bed taxes, the overnight taxes from tourism. Um, I saw the read the paper today. I see that our our seven and a half million dollar reserve is down to four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, just and, under five hundred. Yeah, and headed south in a hurry from there. So uh, it's 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 one of those things that you feel so bad because we're there was a woman I talked. To, sorry about that. I'm out of it with Cedro Guzman, so I have to make sure I can think of this. We're drinking a, a red wine from uh, Isidro Guzman's cellar, and uh, Ed kept the bottle at his end of the table. When I was talking to one of the uh, business owners the other day, um, Dinah Gray, who manages West of Poppy, I was extraordinarily um, impressed with her depth of feeling for other businesses who may or may not be able to survive this pandemic, but also her outlook that she wanted to open up her store, but she was also afraid to do that because she has a two-year-old son at home and she wasn't ready to experience the exposure challenges that opening her store might bring to her if she were to take it home to her son. So I think there's still a lot of that fear out there, legitimately so. And then there are others who are more... Um, uh, ready to challenge the system on any and not listen to basic information about what can and can't happen. The chief told me the other day, Chief Salaya, he goes, look, Pat, he said, the rules aren't the, made for those who will comply to it. The rules are made for those who always want to push the envelope. And I think we're going to be caught in that in the next two weeks for those who want to push the envelope and 
push the rules and those who want to stay safe and conform. And that's gonna, and then be frustrated because somebody else is taking a bigger chance and getting further down the road. Well, certainly the fact that we had no tourists yeah. is, is one of the, probably the primary reasons that we stayed uh, so healthy. Uh, right, through the absolutely. Crisis. And that's one of the big fears I've heard on the streets, too, is mm-hmm. what happens when we open up and all of these people come up from the Bay Area counties and start visiting us again and bringing mm-hmm. pathogens from areas that have it mm-hmm. into an area that has been relatively free of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an unknown as well that has to be dealt with. But that's also the basis of our economy. The tourist industry has to reopen if we're going to survive. Right. That's right. So do you expect any long-term changes in the, in the businesses that are in town? I mean, some of the smaller businesses undoubtedly will not survive. They'll change. But will the mix of businesses change or the, anything fundamental? I, I'm, I don't know. I don't think so because as a tourist town, when people come back to the spas and the wineries, they still want to go downtown and have a shopping and dining experience. Mm-hmm. So I think that will always be the major core of downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the ones that won't survive, I have no clue of other than to speculate they would be the ones that were already on the edge before this happened. Mm-hmm. Those who aren't getting a break from landlords or those who went in with not enough uh, capital to see them through an event that was this extraordinary. Mm-hmm. and But that was so hard to predict. There are very few businesses, I'm sure, that has that kind of reserve stash that can get you through three months of no business. Right. Now, that, of course, affected the, your advertising revenue Absolutely. dramatically. I was, I was like, like um, Dinah Gray said, she said, or no, even King at the grocery, she goes, you know, the beginning of the year was looking so good. We were making money. We were saving money. We thought this is going to be our year. And I thought the same thing. We had these really lucrative ad contracts with the hospitals. And uh, we were looking at ten, twelve, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000 in income, which we hadn't had in the past. We, they've always been our biggest supporter. If we lost advertising from St. Leona Hospital, we would absolutely have to go under because they're our biggest supporter. So we had these two contracts, one with the National Adventist Health and one with the local Adventist Health Hospital um, campaigns. And then the national one pulled out its $6,500 contract with us, and I was just devastated. And then we lost the income from our tourist publication for April and May, the Mud City Times, which is where we get advertising from the spas and the wineries. And that's another three to 4000 a month that we don't have coming in. And which has brought me then to the point where I was so desperate, I wrote a note in the paper and said, look, this is it. COVID's going to kill the Tribune if I can't figure out a way or get some uh, support in keeping it going because this is an extraordinary time for newspapers as well. And we're not the only one. Every weekly and daily newspaper in the U.S. and around the world is suffering from a depletion of advertising income and cutting staff and cutting pages and content and trying to hold on. So how was the response to that appeal? The, ex- the response has been extraordinarily touching. We had, within the first two weeks, probably $5,000 in uh, contributions, anywhere from $20 to $500. Um, and I was, I was surprised and um, 
and deeply grateful, not as not only just for the money, but for the recognition that the Tribune is a part of the community that no one really wants, no, that not everyone really wants to see go away. Right. You know, one thing we haven't talked about, and I guess I'm looking back, we, we never really did talk about we being the community during the, the lockdown, was our local politics. Mm -hmm. Do you think there has been any impact on local politics and Going forward, will there be any impact on local politics? Well, define local politics. Our, our you know, city council. Uh, the, oh, and the way it works. And well, just, lo local government, you know. The, the only thing I've noticed about local government is when Kim has covered city council or I've gone to the planning commission meetings, there are like six chairs set up in this room that used to have 50. There's <laughs> still only six people that come to the meetings, but now that you're spaced out, you know, 10, 12 feet apart. It makes it look more desert-like than it normally would when there are 50 chairs and six people sitting in the front row. They didn't have meetings in April, and that was unsettling because it was like, well, wait a minute. One, what are we going to write about if you're not going to make any decisions? And two, well, how are you making decisions? Because we know the Brown Act was suspended mm -hmm. during this time. Therefore, they could make phone calls and do a little bit of um, off-the-record talks with each other without the public or the press being present. But that's easily to um, understand in this time and era. Last week they had the council meeting and the uh, planning commission meeting in public, and they plan to do that from now on. So if you want to experience it, you can do it either in person or my advice is to stay home and watch it on TV. If you go to Facebook and look at the, um, or YouTube, and look at the times and the dates of past views per show, you can see that it's tracked from in the past, like three months ago, there might have been 6 to 12 views, and now it's up to 20 to 50 views. So some people are taking, maybe because now they have the time, are taking mm -hmm. more interest in watching the um, city council and planning commission meetings. I don't know if they're watching them all the way through. But they've been really quite interesting. I would suggest that people go back and review ones that have already happened, especially with budget considerations coming under view right now. Almost everybody has noticed how clean the air is and yeah. and you know how nice it was when there wasn't as much traffic. It was quieter as well. Do you think any of that will will stay, you know? No, you're no. shaking your head no. No. People are creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's fun to ride your bike down the middle of Lincoln Avenue because no one's out there. Mm -hmm. Three months from now, when it's opened back up to a more vigorous time, mm -hmm. it's going to be too busy, too... Um, not frightening, but too... You have to be on your toes more, you know? You have to pay attention to traffic. And to, When I was downtown interviewing, what I use a... Um, tape recorder because I can't because of my Parkinson's I can't take notes on a pen and with pen and paper anymore very easily so I use a tape recorder well as I was standing in the doorway I go can I come in and she goes no and I thought oh I have to put up with this noise behind me because the trucks delivery trucks are still going up and down Lincoln so every time a truck would pass I'd hear this big engine noise and I thought that's what I don't miss and um, that I'm sorry to say we're stuck with the noise and it's so much more um, pronounced now than it has been. 
because of the the, the quiet the, yeah. the quiet right right yeah i love that story where the, and i don't know which european scientist put it out but about how quiet the earth got with all of the shutdown of the noise and the traffic and pedestrians and stuff i can just imagine mother earth as this big ball of green going taking this deep sigh of relief like Finally, they're asleep. They're in bed. <laughs> Maybe I'll have a few hours to myself. Instead of a few eons, she gets a few months. We're now at a clearly an inflection point. Mm-hmm. We were at one in early March, and now here we are in mid-May where something changes is, is happening. We don't know exactly what it'll look like on the other side of it, but it's happening now. And do you have any personal uh, resolutions that you plan to take into the future, perhaps not forgetting about the past? I guess one of the resolutions that personally I will take with the business is to be more um, concerned about our presence online. One thing I've noticed that there are a lot of people, even at home, Ramona is doing Zoom classes with her. She's reading to her third grade class at the elementary school through Zoom. She's doing uh, online um craft classes with some woman back in Nebraska or something. That's an all-day class. And Mm -hmm. she loves being at home and having everything she needs there to do these classes. So it brought to me the fact that online is really going to be more cemented into our lives than it ever has before. Before, it was kind of like, well, it was there and it was useful and you could use it whenever you wanted to. And it wasn't, uh, it was functional, but it wasn't necessary. It was a time suck more than anything, as people would tell me. And I think that's going to be totally different. I think with the businesses going, telecommuting more and more, uh, we have a, uh, one of our staff has been working from home since the beginning because of her health uh, concerns. And it's worked out perfect. There's no reason for her to have to come into the office. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure my editor would love to do the same thing, but she doesn't get off that easy. But we could still close down on Fridays and telecommute on Fridays. And I think that's going to be the big difference. Office space is going to be available for anyone who wants it because more people are going to enjoy working at home and feeling just as productive. So do you and Ramona plan to get out more in the future than you did before the crisis? Get out more? Walking around. Oh, I'm too lazy to walk around, but I'll drive. Oh, I see. All oh, right, I did get my bicycle out the other day. Oh, and did did you have to um, get the rust off first? Or? No, I have to inflate the tires before I go anywhere. But <laughs> but I will get around more. We we've been really itching to get out in uh, to the ocean, just to see the ocean again. Mm-hmm. You know, just to drive out of the county limits and go see. I did. Okay, confessions. I did sneak up to Star Gardens in uh, Middletown a couple of weeks ago because I needed plants for my cottage garden that died over the winter. And I felt guilty about leaving the county line, but when we got up there and got to the nursery and saw all those plants, I just gobbled them all up and brought them home and took three days to plant them. So I hope to do that again in the next couple of months. Wow. Other than that, I'm, I am like in the moment one day at a time, and I don't plan the future very well. Although I do have a couple of books that I want to read. And, of course, work on the Tribune. Of course. We hope so. (laughs) Pat Hampton, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for your time and for the wine. 
We, we should thank Isidro Guzman. 